You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia. Featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni, over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. And now, let's meet Midway. Pentecost Sunday. Great to see each of you here this morning. We want to welcome those online as well as y'all in person. Y'all have an opportunity to greet one another after the service. If you're online, please greet each other in the chat, and if you will, share this service with your friends. Have a, It's a very special Sunday. Not only is it Pentecost, but we welcome our new associate pastor, Amanda Lane. And, and her husband, Victor, who is a high school teacher. Yes, Grant. And their sons, David and William, who are in the nursery. Right, yeah, yeah. So uh, we welcome them. Amanda is an ordained elder like myself. She comes to us having served as a pastor at charge at New Liberty, United Methodist in Braselton. 
She also served for, uh, I believe, seven years at Simpsonwood as associate and four years at Greensboro First as associate as well and comes to us with great recommendation. We're very excited to have her join uh, this ministry team and Victor and the whole family to be a part of the Midway family. So thank you very much. Also, we have uh, Grant will be bringing the sermon later in the service. We only have Grant with us for a short period left um, as he has uh, finished his academic work for his seminary degree and is taking a teaching position in Savannah. And so uh, I wanted y'all to have an opportunity to hear him uh, before he, he and his family move. Uh, so let us now continue to worship our Lord and our God.
Good morning, would you pray with me? Oh God, the Holy Spirit, come to us and among us. Come as the wind and cleanse us. Come as fire and burn. Come as the dew and refresh. Convict, convert, and consecrate many hearts and lives to our great good and to thy greater glory. And we ask for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen.
also a special day because we're recognizing our high school graduates today. And so, Morgan, if you would come. And so, as I call your name, if you'd please come forward, and Morgan has a gift to give to you, each of you. Uh, Emma Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> Ellie Dilworth. <laughs> Ethan Fisher, who I don't think is able to be with us today. You, if you'll stay here, if you don't mind. Paige Earer. Sam Lawrence, <laughs> representing Georgia Southern, I see. Okay. <laughs> Rebecca Yoller, let if. Let us know what your plans are after high school, if you would. I'll repeat it. I'm going to UGA. UGA. Go dogs. University of Alabama. University of Alabama. <laughs> Sam, Georgia Southern, Southern, we presume. I'll be in college in Michigan. What's that? I'll be in college in Michigan. I'll, I'll be in college. I'll, I'll be in <laughs> I do know that. My dad's from Michigan. I'll be in college in Michigan. You're going a long way from Yes, I am. Uh, UGA. UGA. We're very proud of y'all. That represents a lot of hard work to get to this point. And not to mention about, what, over a year or more in, through pandemic. So very proud of y'all and, and the way you've applied yourselves. And we want you to go with our prayers, not that this is goodbye, because we do expect to see you again. <laughs> and the Wesley Foundations, wherever you go, will be made aware of your presence as well. So, <laughs> so they'll be looking for you. Okay. But Morgan has a prayer for y'all as we... Please bow your heads and pray with me. God of truth and knowledge, by your wisdom, we are taught the way and the truth. Bless these graduates as they now finish this course of study. We thank you for those who taught and worked beside them and all who supported them along the way. Walk with these graduates as they leave and move forward in life. Take away their anxiety and confusion of purpose. Strengthen their many talents and skills. Instill in them a confidence in the future that you plan, where energies may be gathered up and used for the good of all people. For the sake of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Thank you all very much. Let's give them one.
And I thank you, church, for your investment in these young adults. When they were baptized, you promised to bring them up in the Christian faith and to teach them the Holy Scriptures and to hold them in the nursery and to go on youth retreats with them and all that. And this is the investment of all that time and all that energy. And um, that's what we commit to every time a baby's baptized. And so let us be faithful to that and helping our families bring up the children in the way that leads to life eternal. As we go to God in prayer this morning, I want to lift up to you Jim McLean's family and his death. Uh, he's a longtime member here at Midway, and uh, we, many of us sent him birthday cards this week because it was his 92nd birthday, and he, he did make it to his birthday and passed away uh, the next evening. So we give thanks to God for his long and faithful life. Let us now go to God in prayer. Almighty God, we glorify your name for the gift and power of your fiery spirit. We praise you for the spectacular outpouring of your spirit on that first Pentecost that gave birth to your son's church with such power and miraculous unity. Lord, we ask for that power and unity once again we give you thanks O oh Lord for the innumerable Pentecost throughout the ages and the life of the church and the lives of your faithful children who empowered by your spirit witnessed in word and deed even when it meant certain suffering and even death we thank you also for your spirit's might in convicting us of sin, prompting us to repent, and moving us in a different direction along that narrow path that leads to life. We glorify you, merciful God, for your Spirit's ministry of comfort. We pray for those who are ill, grieving, or dying that they may experience the healing, comforting, reassuring presence of your spirit, the great comforter. Oh, spirit of peace, we pray for your peace in the streets of Atlanta and the streets of this country, in the Middle East and throughout the world where conflicts rage. We lift up to you today, especially our graduates. Move upon them by the power of your spirit that their hearts would be set aflame with love for you 
that they may serve you faithfully all their days, be witnesses to you at their colleges, and that they may know that life that is everlasting joy and peace. Convict us, renew us, revive us again, O Spirit of grace and power, that we as your followers and as your church may be effective witnesses for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray as he taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Morning, everybody. Good to see you. I'm glad to be here. Now, a teacher, I heard, I'm, as, I'm, a, I'm going back into the classroom as well. What do you teach? High school English. High school English. All right. We're liberal arts, at least, you know. High school, I'm history. History. But I get to teach New Testament now, which is exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what that means. I hope they don't think I'm going to teach the whole New Testament in a semester, but I'll give it a whirl. I'm really excited to be back here with y'all, and uh, I uh, apologize for my decor not being in red. I, I as well did not read mid midweek from Midway, so uh, sorry, Julia. I apologize. Um, and what a bad Methodist. I've been like a lifetime Methodist. Yes, I went to, to Dallas Theological Seminary, so not a Methodist seminary, but I should know better. So, <laughs> Speaking of Pentecost, hear now the word of God from the book of Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one had heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. 
In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, today is Pentecost, and uh, Pentecost, it's not a, we kind of hijacked it, Uh, it's not a Christian thing initially, this is a a festival, a Jewish festival that takes place 50 days after Passover, where in Acts 2, we see God moving in power through the Holy Spirit. It was foretold in Acts 1. Jesus in John 14 and 16, among some other places, lets us know of the Spirit's coming. And it begins in Jerusalem. And as Acts 1 tells us, it begins in Jerusalem, in Judea, and to Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. And it's a truly amazing account recorded by Luke of the type of activities happening at the founding of the church age. I titled this sermon, Judy sent me a text earlier this week, what do you want to call it? It was, what came to mind was relatively benign, it's who is the Holy Spirit? Seems pretty simple. But it was really inspired because I came across a really disturbing survey result um, done by Lifeway, which said about 60% of Christians, just under it, thankfully, think that the Holy Spirit is a force rather than a person. Now, this wasn't the only heresy they found common amongst Christians, but it left me shaking my head for many reasons. One, because the majority of those surveyed also said they believed in the Trinity, You know, that God in three persons, blessed trinity, you know. And two, there's clearly a general misunderstanding of who, not what, the Holy Spirit is. Simple force doesn't have will, doesn't have intellect or emotions, all of which the Spirit has according to Scripture. 
as was mentioned earlier, I've wrapped up some of my academic work at, in seminary, and at the end of every one of my systematic theology classes, um, they had you write a doctrinal statement. It was a, on the face of it, kind of a short paper, one page, single, single type, 12-point font, all that good stuff. But I had to justify that paper with about six or seven in pages of endnotes. Um, and so I went back to those to look at who is the Holy Spirit. Here are the few things that really stick out to me. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Spirit's work is manifest in creation. We see him all the way back in Genesis 1-2. The incarnation of the Son, the work of salvation, and the superintending the dual authorship of Scripture. Beginning at Pentecost, the Spirit came from the Father as promised by the Son to commence and complete the building of the body of Christ, which is His church. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the supernatural and sovereign agent in regeneration baptizing all believers into the body of Christ, changing our identification to sons and daughters of God. The Spirit sanctifies, instructs, empowers, and seals us unto the day of redemption. His divine activity includes convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ and transforming believers, that's us, into the image of Christ. I further shook my head when I read over this and thought about the survey again. Because it's my argument that while no person in the Trinity is more or less important, Father, Son, Spirit, as it works on this side of Pentecost... We interact with the Holy Spirit more so than any other person. I know we have that song, Just a Closer Walk with Thee, but I still haven't gotten my walk with the literal, physical Jesus yet. I will eventually, but the Spirit is the one I walk with daily. The Spirit of God is dynamic, always on the move. It's not ours to possess, but to follow. And the promise is... And the promise is, if we are willing to follow the leading of the Spirit, we'll come to know ourselves as children of God. We'll serve as instruments of God's grace and love, and we'll experience the first fruits of eternal life. And maybe not so coincidentally, that is what Pentecost celebrates, the first fruits of the harvest that Jews would bring to Yahweh, to praise him for the harvest, to thank him. So I'm going to take a look at Galatians 5 for a moment. Typically when we look at this chapter, we drift to the well-known list of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Which, interestingly enough, they're not verbs. Not something we do. 
They're manifestations of the Spirit when we walk by His lead. Paul says in Galatians, walk by the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and lusts. If we live by the Spirit, let's also walk by the Spirit. Now Paul's not talking about your flesh and blood, your skin, your physical body isn't bad. It is a gift of God. He's referencing our natural human selves. We have a nature that is rebellious to God. That sticks around in this life even after we've been saved by grace through faith. To get an idea of where Paul's coming from, let's go back to the letter from Romans and follow his train of thought. The problem is we're born into original sin. This leads Paul to say in Romans 3 that both Jews and Greeks and, and us, parentheses, that are all under sin, as it is written, there is no one righteous. No, not one. They have all turned aside. They have together become unpro unprofitable. So if it were up to us, we'd be hopelessly lost. The good news is, God the Father has intervened through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ to save us from our sinful nature. Paul goes on later in that chapter by saying, A righteousness of God has been revealed, being testified by the law and the prophets through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all those who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth to be an atoning sacrifice through faith in his blood. This sets up a dichotomy of human nature we experience to this day. And that is, at the core of our being, we are both saints and sinners. Forever sinful in this life, but by the grace of God, forever forgiven. So there's hope. We can choose the ways of Christ over our own natural inclinations. We can walk by the Spirit rather than by the flesh. Later in chapter 6 of Romans, Paul goes back and says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts, but present yourself to God as alive from the dead. For sin will not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Two natures, one human and one divine, and both reside within us. And the question is, our part to play in it is, which will we choose? By which are you going to live? Are you going to live by the flesh? Are you going to live by the Holy Spirit? So I return to Galatians where Paul is talking about walking by the Spirit. And it sounds fancy, kind of theological, walking by the Spirit. I had a professor, and you may have your own working definitions, but 
I had a professor give me a nice, succinct definition of what walking by the Spirit means. And he said, to walk in the Spirit is to live moment by moment, dependent upon Him, sensitive to His, that is the Spirit's voice, and in obedience to Him. To walk in the Spirit is to live moment by moment, dependent upon Him, sensitive to His voice, and in obedience to Him. Moment by moment, dependent, sensitive, and obedient. Brothers and sisters, The definition is simple enough. It sure can be difficult, though. Why? Well, perhaps there are a lot of things we could posit as answers. But I want to throw something out there, and I want to see if the Spirit moves you on this. And I'm going to argue that perhaps we're just not being sensitive to His voice. I'm certain everyone in here has heard it. It's that tug at your heart. It's a strange set of circumstances that just so happened to coincide that, wow, the Spirit was in that. It's that voice, as Paul talked about in our conflict. We have this inner conflict. It's perhaps an inconvenient option. We didn't think we were going to exercise. Or maybe it's a thought that surprised you. I want to encourage you to pray for sensitivity to his voice. Pray that you can surrender and be dependent upon him and start asking for his voice. Don't be surprised. Welcome it. Expect that voice and be sensitive to it. Then obey that voice. The Spirit came, and Jesus tells us in John 16, that it's better for him, that is the Son of God, to leave. Well, it must be something pretty good coming in his place. And it absolutely was. On Pentecost, we have the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Helper. Some translations say the comforter. In Greek, it's parakletos. Literally one who comes alongside. And that Jesus said the Spirit will come. And that he is going to come to do in us and for us and through us that which we could never do on our own. We want to be more like Jesus. That's something easy we can spot. Be like him. But we can't do it on our own. How foolish it is for us to try and do anything apart from the Spirit of God. I mean, if if we think about it and really reflect on it, I don't think it'll take too long to say, to think about this. We have God indwelling us. 
How often are you eager for his voice? How often do you seek out wisdom from a friend? How often do you listen to the voices of your family? Or perhaps some dear Abby. I saw an E.T. that Drew Barrymore's given out advice. Who in the world would... <laughs> yeah, right? I, that's what I get for watching that, right? Whew. We have God indwelling us. Are you seeking after his voice? Are you sensitive to what he's telling you? What an incredible reality that is. Are you seeking his guidance? Are we expectant of his guiding voice? I think sometimes it, it may be easier for those who maybe work at a church to do this. I mean, the pastor gets paid to think through a sermon all week, stand up here, and talk about God. If, if Pastor Jenny didn't get up here, you'd wonder what you were paying her for, right? So she's doing reflecting. However, God wants to lead all of us. We all have ministries. In fact, he hasn't called all of us to be pastors preaching in the pulpit. No, in fact, the pastor's job is to equip you, the church, for ministry wherever you are. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to guide you in your everyday life. He wants you to walk with him, walk in the Spirit, so that you can exhibit the fruit and glorify him. As one Methodist creed puts it, we believe in the Holy Spirit, God present with us for guidance, for comfort, and for strength. And while I've stressed the intensely personal touch of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit also speaks through your family and through the congregation and community of believers, through the Sunday school class or fellowship group, the soup kitchen, the planning committee, the prayer meeting. Somehow the Spirit speaks through the thoughtful and loving interaction of God's people. Are you sensitive to that? The Holy Spirit who brought the church into being is still guiding and upholding it. If we will but listen, will you pray for surrender and sensitivity? Each morning when you wake up, you begin the day with a mindset. It might be intentional. You might have some series of things that you do, disciplines as it were, to get your day started. Maybe you just roll out of bed and brush your teeth and hop in the shower and get to work. But we all have a mindset, intentional or otherwise. And what I'm going to ask you to do and what I'm going to challenge you to do is start getting the mindset to be sensitive to his voice. Now, I don't know if it's a 30-minute 
quiet time or it's a five-minute devotional or it's a quick breath prayer when you wake up. But we need to get tuned in to what he wants us to do. We need to be sensitive to his voice moment by moment. And starting your day off that way is the best way. Heck, slap a post-it note up on your mirror. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. There we go. I guess I could have led you better. I just assumed someone by the Spirit was going to get led. <laughs> Are you sensitive, folks? Maybe it's his mercies are new each morning. I don't know what it is, but will you pray for it? Will you be willing to get your mind set on following him? Because it's moment by moment, dependent on him, sensitive to his voice, and then we do what he asks. Will you pray those same things for our church. He's the one who binds us together. That is, the Spirit binds the body of Christ together. And when you get that leading, have the faith to follow. To walk in the Spirit is to live moment by moment, dependent upon Him, sensitive to His voice, and in obedience to him. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is the third person of the Trinity with intellect, a will, and emotions, not simply a force emitted from the ether. He sanctifies, instructs, empowers, and seals us unto the day of redemption. He is God in us. I'll end today with another creed. A simple creed titled the Children's Creed. I believe in God above and in Jesus his, and his love. I believe the Spirit too helps me know just what to do. Will you pray for the Spirit to help you to know just what to do? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Spirit also gives us gifts to serve the church and the world. Let us reflect on that now as we offer to God our gifts, our tithes, and our very lives. Yeah. The, uh, the Spirit leads us and binds us together as a church. And hopefully he gets you fired up. So I'm going to want all y'all to stand with me on this one for uh, Old Church Choir. There's a Bible Yeah, it's spreading Like a wildfire In my heart a Sunday morning and it's lasting all week long Can you hear it? Can you feel it? It's the rhythm of a gospel song Oh, once you choose it You can lose it Oh, there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing Gonna steal my joy I 
I wander Turn to mountains that I can't climb Oh, you are with me, never leave me Oh, cause there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing Gonna steal my joy, I got an old church choir singing in my soul I got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful He sings, he teaches, yeah. I'm glad that God enabled him to be with us for a season. And uh, thank you for the way the Spirit's led you. We aren't saying goodbye yet. I'm going to keep them a few more Sundays, I hope. But now, uh, following the benediction, I invite you to greet Amanda and Victor uh, at the door if you haven't already had an opportunity to. Receive now the benediction. May God, the Spirit, go before you to guide you. May the Spirit go behind you to direct you. May the Spirit go alongside you to befriend you. May the Spirit rest above you to protect you. May the Spirit rest below you to uphold you. And may the Spirit dwell within you to convict, convert, and comfort you now and forevermore. Amen. been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. 
We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.